Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you are. If you're joining us on the airwaves here in Santa Barbara, California at TVSB, we welcome you. And of course, so many of you are finding us uh, from all over the world at goodlifetelevision.org and our YouTube channel, uh, all the social media platforms. And now there's a podcast over the last few months and it's been really well received. There's a podcast called Good Life Conversations. So if you or a podcast type of person, you can put that on. You can listen to some great interviews. Everyone's different. Every time it kind of blows my mind, these people, uh, people doing great things, these, these great hearts, great stories, journeys, overcoming, entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, we've had young people, first-generation college students. We've had, it's just been one after another, public servants, athletes, famous people, not famous people. It's been a, just been such a great mix. And so hope you'll check it all out. You can, you can find all the long-form interviews at both our website, goodlifetelevision.org, and at the YouTube channel. Uh, and then we break those long-form interviews into what we call power clips. So there's, if you just have a few minutes and you want to kind of get a sense of what the interview is about, you can, you can also check those out. But we'd love to have you do that. Uh, we're so grateful that you're with us, and we're, we're always talking about the good stuff. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Heather Johnson is my guest today. Welcome. Thank you. This Thank is, you. I, I was reading about this last night. Uh, I'll give a quick background. So, so Heather's uh, done massage, and she's, she's invented things related to, to massage and kind of been in that world. And then uh, she has created, she's the founder of something called Palliative Puffs, which I think is such a great idea. We're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, palliative Puffs. Uh, palliative was kind of a new word for me. We were just talking about what it means, so I, f I know what it means now. But if, you're, if you want to go to the website, it's Palliative Puffs, but that's P-A-L-L-I-A-T-I-V-E, Puffs, P-U-F-F-S, uh, dot org, dot org. So palliativepuffs.org, we're going to get to that in a second. But let's kind of start with you in terms of your upbringing, kind of where you came from. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, gosh. The whole story? <laughs> as much as you want. Uh, well, I was born in Canada. Okay. became a naturalized citizen in, when I was 12 in 1972 and been living in California since 1972. But um, I grew up mostly being a, a designer, a graphic designer. Oh. And then um, 15 years ago, I got into massage and started doing uh, massage for palliative care and hospice and end of life. Okay. Um, so that's, that's actually my love is doing, I love old people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like so much fun. And I just, I love that type of care. Right. So I didn't even know there was such a thing in, in terms of the massage part of palliative care, but that's something yeah. that, that happens. Yes. You know, people a lot of times are afraid to touch people who are old or sick or right. suffering, but that's the thing they need the most. So, um, and when you give somebody a massage and it's a very light massage and very fluid, it releases the um, endorphins and the natural painkillers that our bodies naturally make. So sometimes people who have had are on morphine, but they still have pain. After a massage, they'll say they don't have any pain. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, babies, um, newborn babies who are held, pre premature babies who are held more than um, not, they develop and grow and flourish much more just by being held and touched. Right. So the touch is, is very, very deal. important. Yeah. And then also with, um, with um, end of life massage, 
you know, just having somebody there sitting and having just being there. I mean, right. not even talking. A lot of times if family come and they want to visit and then they leave, sometimes just sitting there and not saying anything, I'll be giving a massage and, you know, 15 minutes into the massage where there's no, you know, talking, they'll just say something to me like, you know, there was this 80 year old woman who had been married um, 50 years. She says, you know, I was married once before. And I was thinking, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, she's kind of getting us off her chest. It was an abusive relationship and she doesn't uh -huh. like to talk about it. But sometimes they'll say stuff to you as a trusted anonymous person that, you know, gets things off their chest. Wow. So just being there. And that's one of the reasons why I started the Palliative Puffs because, um, you know, I wasn't allowed to massage when COVID started and it was breaking my heart that I wasn't able to go in and, and help these people. I mean, not only could they not have me come in, but they couldn't have their families come in. Right. So I made these puffs special so that something really special to, has some weight that they can hold that's made special for them, high quality. Yeah, right. Where, I mean, so where did, I was going to ask you where you got the idea. Like, that, that was actually it. I start, they were kind of silly at first. I was just sending them to people who said their loved one was by themselves. But, you know, then you start making them like, oh, I'm going to make this really cool. And it just kind of got better. And I thought, you know what, I, everybody that needs these has got to have these. Right. Especially since I wasn't able to massage. I'm still not able to massage, even now. Really? Because I'm not vaccinated. So ah. I am. Um, that's I still am not allowed to. That's so, crazy. Um, so I'm. But you're doing this. Putting my focus on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I first of all, I love the scripture that you have that you include in your stuff. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. And you mentioned the power of touch, which is one thing, and the power of presence. Yeah. There's something really sacred, almost, I think, about this end-of-life experience. That there, there's something powerful, sacred, um, that I don't even know if you can describe. But, but talk about be, being in that room. Not, not many people get to have your experience. Very few where you're actually in the room yeah. with this person who's coming to the... Tell us what that's kind of like. You know, it's so funny when people ask me that, and, and any person you talk to that works in palliative care or hospice care, their faces will light up because it's so beautiful. Death is like birth. And being with somebody, you know, I think it's one of the things I love about it. Nobody's fake when they're near death. Right. They're really real. They talk about real things. They don't, they don't flash their watches, and they don't <laughs> want you to look at it's just it's it's just real and what they say is important and real and it's it's really an honor to be with somebody at this beautiful time of their life I know that sounds really weird but it's really an honor yeah. and it's 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 really an honor yeah it's a powerful thing it's very powerful I mean especially I mean if you're if you're thinking about if you have faith which I I, I know you do I mean if you're operating from a faith perspective then this is the finish line and once i mean this is like the victory i mean th this race i don't know how you feel the race on earth can feel long sometimes i mean especially when there's suffering involved i mean it can feel like good grief when you're it's almost you can almost taste the victory i mean you're that close i mean it, when you say that 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 sticks out to me it's like a birth 
sometimes I'm kind of jealous. It's like right? I feel like, wow, their family's here, and, you know, most of them are pretty, pretty wonderful. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, my work in hospice, I haven't always been Christian. I was atheist my whole life. Really? Yeah. That's another whole long story. Well, well tell me what happened. Ah, how much time do you have? We got, it's my show. You know what? I have seen things, I, I was always a huge skeptic. You know, I'm very science-based, and it's so funny. I, I, I feel so silly saying that now, because now I understand what's going on. <laughs> but I, for instance, can I just tell you a story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I would do volunteer at this house called the House of Hope in Thousand Oaks. And it was a house that will have people who are end of life who don't have family to take care of them, and they don't have money to go to assisted living. So instead of them dying alone at home or in uh, a facility where people might not even notice they've died for a little while, this is a house that it, they can stay there for free. And it's like, it's like a home. It's like they live in a bedroom. There's a table where they can come out to eat. I mean, this place wow. was magical, absolutely magical. And the people that lived there were amazing. But anyway, um, there was this one lady that was you know, near end, but she loved to cook. She was an Italian cook. So she used to love to cook in the, in the kitchen for the other people. But anyway, there was, um, in one of the rooms, there was this um, man who um, used to shovel hay and um, worked in a stable. He was a stable boy when he was younger. And um, he was a character. But anyway, he passed. And about three days later, four days later, a woman came into the room. Because, you know, people usually in hospice, you know, it's usually within three months that they pass. So the rooms are rotating. So this other woman came in, and she was much, much nearer the end at that point. She was had a little, a little bit of dementia. But she said to one of the caregivers there, can you tell that man to not make a mess in the room? And one thing that I'm not, people do see things that we don't see. Mm -hmm. And I used to think it was just fantasy or the brain chemicals making hallucinations. It's not. I used to think that. So anyway, so he, she asked him to, you know, to just stop making such a mess. And the caregiver says, well, what's he doing? And she said, he's shoveling hay. And she was like, oh, what's his name? And she said his name. Oh I mean, I just got goosebumps. I gosh. mean, it's like, this is not coincidence. And so now I'm realizing, okay, there is something at, right. there, it's something, but lots of things like that would happen. Like, you know, just people seeing people that have passed and telling us about them. And, and one time, this is a story in my actual massage room. I think at this time I was doing some very heavy, heavy, um, emotionally heavy um, hospice work at that time. I was massaging someone, and at the very end, I was massaging her scalp. So she's laying here looking face up, I'm massaging her scalp at the very end, and all of a sudden I saw somebody standing there, like about where you're, you're sitting. He was standing, and he was just looking down at her, and I, I kind of jumped, and I'm like, and then he, he went away. And I thought, well, that was kind of weird. I mean, I saw this man with a hat, a coat, looking down at her. It wasn't scary or anything. He was just looking at her. And then um, after she's finished, I said, you know, you're all done. I stood up. She's laying up there looking at me, and she says, I have a question. She goes, do you ever have any visitors? And she looked right where that man was standing. And I said, I didn't want to lead her. I'm like, uh, what do you mean? And she goes, you know, visitors. 
And I go, was he standing right there? And she goes, yes. We saw the same guy standing there. What in the so, world? So I know. And, and, and so, you know, me being, there's always a reason, that flash of light, this, that. There's always right. a reason for it. It's hallucinations. It's like, this is real, so... Anyway, that, what are the odds of two people hallucinating at the same time and seeing the same object? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and this, isn't, this isn't a story I heard from somebody else. Right. Oh, they just made that up, or are they just saying that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what's happened to me? So what, so, okay. So what was your faith? I mean, how did you actually come to decide to come to faith? I mean, was, um, it, was it some of these experiences? Of little things. Those, those experiences made me realize that there was something that we can never understand and i call it my dog in the pool filter theory where um when i was atheist my reason for being atheist is the same reason for my reason for becoming a christian the my dog in the pool filter theory is i was in the backyard and this was a long time ago and my dog was walking around the pool the pool and the pool filter on i went and my dog looked at it and i thought there's no way in a million years this dog is going to understand what this pool filter is. And I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, what is going through his head? And I thought, that's like us understanding God or, or religion, understanding where we came from. And I'm thinking, and then it kind of put a perspective to me of why we can't understand it. We're not, a dog's never going to understand what the pool filter is. Mm. Even though it's real and it's there, just because he doesn't understand it doesn't mean it's not doesn't exist right. and it's not reality. It's not a reality we understand, but it's still reality. Right. But at the time, I'm thinking, well, this is why I made this. We don't understand. And I was thinking, you know, the minute the dog understands what a pool filter is, that is not a world I want to live in. So I think if we can all understand that it just doesn't, right. it does, it's not, it's not going to work. So then later on, you know, I met my husband, who's Christian, very Christian, and I love him to death. And um, so I would go, I'd, I'd gone to some churches. I went to Bible study when, when I was a child, and um, the, the mother there, when I was asking questions, and she says, the devil's making you ask those questions. And um, so it, I was like, I just wanted to know. I just, you know, I'm just asking questions. And made me feel like, and they made me feel like, oh, the, you know, I'm evil. And so that turned me off to religion. Yeah. And then I see people who do bad things and, and they're religious. And, and then, but over time I realized, you know what? Now I realize that wasn't God bad. Those are people being bad. Right, right, right. It's mm -hmm. not, it, you can't connect those two things. Right. So that I came into realization. And I would go to church with my husband for about, my boyfriend at the time, for about two years every Sunday and you know it was really nice people were really nice they said nice things but it just wasn't clicking with me but I'd still go with him because I love him and it's important to him and I wanted to learn so uh, over time I just learned more and more and then it's sudden just things little things I was learning my misconceptions am I talking too much no okay so the other thing that really made sense to me was my, one of my things was the whole, um, if enough chances happen, like with the Big Bang Theory and all that kind of, if, if there's enough time and enough chances, um, eventually life would happen. I believe that. And the more I learned about real science, that the, the, the chance, have you heard of uh, um, Hugh, Hugh Ross, the astrophysicist? No. He um, is religious and he's an astrophysicist. He was saying that the, 
that there's not enough chances mathematically to, to put what life what life is like if the same reason why if you saw a Rolex watch land on the ground and you said oh that just fell from the sky and it happened by chance he says the, you know like those are the type of chances we're talking about and I'm thinking so you know I'm just getting like you know I've seen stuff happened my I had misconceptions about science and coming from an atheist point of view these are the two things understanding supernatural stuff happens and understanding the chances it starts just making you feel like and then I remember sitting on my couch thinking just trying to figure stuff out because now like this whole world's opening up to me and like you know the and then you think well the bible a lot of that is all just um just people repeating stories and it changing and you know all this and i and then i learned that a lot of the stuff is real historical it's like all this real information is being kept from me they don't teach the stuff in school right. i feel like such a, a dope <laughs> that i wouldn't open my mind and actually learn but i was sitting on my couch and i was just thinking i was just trying to understand and all of a sudden i just it just literally was like a ping and i remember my dog in the pool filter it's like we can't understand god he's there he's real it's Everything makes sense. Once I started linking all these pieces together, I realized it's real. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps again. Yes. But anyway, I actually felt, I didn't feel it. I saw it in the middle of my head. I saw these, this prism of colors. And it was like in the middle of my head, but I could see it, but not with my eyes. It's kind of hard to explain. But it was like a, a beautiful click, 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 inside my head. And I, I just, I start crying and then I just, for two days, I was so emotional and I'm just like, it was so funny. It was like all these, you know, like those posters that you see like in the eighties or something where it's like all these weird little poster colors. And then you're staring at it and people's like, oh, I see the, oh, yeah, the yeah, horse. Right, like, right. I don't see it. I don't see it. And they keep staring all of a sudden. <gasps> there it is. Yeah. That's what it was <laughs> right. like. Right. So, and ever since wow. then, everything I'm learning, everything makes sense. Everything's, all the pieces, everything makes sense. My hospice work makes sense. Things I saw make sense. Isn't that it's incredible? It's like every, and, and it's like my anxiety. I start chewing the skin around my fingernails. It's like, I just have this calmness. It's like, I just get it. Oh. But I actually started doing this before I became Christian, I have to tell you. Did That's you really? what's so funny because I've loved hospice work. It's just always been in my heart. Yeah. And I feel like God's been with me this whole time. Yeah. I was so mean to him. I apologized <laughs> to him every day. My friends tell me you've apologized, you've you know, you you believe you're okay. I'm like, No, I have to apologize every <laughs> single day. Yeah. yeah, he's probably over it. Yeah, he's over yeah. it. I, you know, revelation from God's one thing. Like I think I've somebody once told me about you know this difference between understanding and revelation. We want to strive to understand, understand, understand something that really can't be understood. You know, somebody sometimes somebody asks. I, I heard this guy say, you know, who is that? Somebody was asking me, you know, why did God do that? And the guy's like, he doesn't work for me. <laughs> I don't know. I work for him. You know, I don't. Yeah. Now, and then there's other times where I feel like revelation, like some of what you've experienced sounds to me like where he's revealed himself. That's a different, like that, to me, that's different than a scramble for understanding something that really can't be totally understood. Revelation saying, he showed me this, or here's something that I, or if you open the scripture and something where yeah. it's like, ah, you know, this, these aha moments. But 
but but revelation, not this striving. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I actually understand that now. It's so funny. I, 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 I know the old me and I know the new me. And it's so funny because when I, I had had this invention and it was during the time I'd lost my house. This was back in 2008. It was when I first started doing hospice massage. And I remember, you know, things were really hard. I'd just been divorced, I was losing my house, but I had this invention. And um, I just, I was driving and it was the first time I ever prayed out loud. I said, God, if you're there, I just need some help. You know, I just, it was just like, uh. I just, I want to believe in you. I want to know you're there. And, um, and, uh, and then I got a phone call literally after I prayed from the director at the hospice I was volunteering for. for. And she said, Heather, um, I just want to let you know that the patients just love you. We want you to do more. We want to pay you. And, and to me, it was kind of like, um, it's like, oh man, it's like, I always tell that story. I, I would tell that story even before I really fully believed in God, but. Wow. <sighs> He's been so nice to me. <laughs> I've never heard somebody talk like that when you say, he's been so nice to me. That's actually a really, that's, that's a yeah, tender that's way of putting it. very gracious. I love this. This is obviously about far more than, you know, stuffed animals. This is yeah, love. This, this is, is love. You know, and I love practical, you know, in the scripture when it talks about, you know, the cup of cold water, the a shirt for somebody who doesn't have one like it's the little things that are yeah. the big things and so and this is just such a big thing in terms of love just a yeah. way to love and god is in the room i believe that yeah so you've got a real special thing here like it's amazing like you could i i've yeah i don't know if you do this but i mean compiling those end of life stories of what you're experiencing it could be a cool idea. I don't I know, know if you have huh? like a blog or something, but I would read it. I mean, because <laughs> it's really powerful. I mean, those those victory finish line moments, you know, where somebody's yeah. really coming in and um, that I think, and you have such an opportunity. And, and this is wonderful. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I don't know if you can see them on the camera, but they're, they're here. The Palliative Puffs. I'm a big fan. We got one <laughs> for our house today, so we're good. Palliativepuffs.org is the website. Uh, palliative puffs when that's p-a-l-l-i-a-t-i-v-e puffs p-u-f-f-s dot org heather johnson thank you thank you great to meet you <laughs> we'll see you next time